What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Welcome to Manifest Daily. I'm your host, DeAndre Nicolette. For years, I played the role of the girl, the woman, the person that I was told I should be until I decided to wake up, step into my power as a co-creator of my reality and own the fact that I am an infinite, energetic being living in a human form on this earth. In each episode, I share personal stories, wisdom and insight related to manifestation, co-creation, the Akashic records, spiritual laws, and so much more. I'll chat with powerful thought leaders that I feel called to invite on the show and share their energy and words with you so that you can take the truths that feel aligned with you. I've spent so much time trying to do things the way that I felt I should have, but girl, (laughs) I am done with that. It's time to return to the person my soul chose to be, and honestly, it's time for you to do the same. and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing day and an amazing New Year's Eve. Happy December 31st of 2019. I can't believe I am saying that. Of course, I am in the past. You guys know sometimes I pre-record these episodes and it's always funny when I pre-record and I listen to the day of and I kind of remember what I was doing on the day that I was actually recording and how I was kind of like imagining what it would be like to be in the future on that day. And honestly, you guys, this whole year has been such a whirlwind. It has gone by so fast and I've talked to so many different people who feel the same about this year that 2019 was such an expansive, challenging, and just amazing year overall with all the new lessons it brought in for everyone and just all the the new things that came into people's lives, whether they expected it to or not. Because I know personally, I had a bunch of things happen in my life this year that I... I did not expect to happen at all. And so to close out this year, it really is just amazing to sit and reflect and take the time to think about how far I have come this year, how far this podcast has come, how much we have grown and what Manifest Daily is becoming. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you if you have been listening to this podcast for a month, for three months, or for the past 12 months. Thank you so much for being here. I just wanted to say that as a little precursor to this episode. So this episode is 
probably one of my favorites of this year. I say that for like every episode and it's true because I think every episode that I come out with, I pour my heart and soul into it. And there are a couple that stand out to me every single time. And if you listen to the past two reflection episodes, so reflection part one and reflection part two, you get to hear little snippets of older episodes that I have recorded that really spoke to my heart that I want you guys to go back and listen to if you haven't already. So if you haven't listened to the past two episodes because it's the holidays, girl, I get you. I know you're out here trying to enjoy your time with your friends and family, with yourself. You're playing in the snow. You're throwing your snowballs. I, I see you. I hear you. I understand. But I need you to go back and catch up on those old episodes because, like, because oh, y'all, I can't even talk right now. But Reflection Part 1 was lit, lit, lit. Reflection Part 2, like, less lit only because it was shorter because I was like, yo, it's Christmas Eve. Like, I don't know how many of y'all are celebrating, but I know personally I'm really about to be jet set in that day so i mean i don't really want to put out a whole long episode for y'all but anywho this episode is amazing because i have my dear friend julia kelly coming back onto the podcast and as you guys know if you listen to the first episode where julia was on this podcast uh she is an astrologer she is an intuitive she's an artist she's a healer she's all around an angel on earth i love julia so much she is amazing i've actually had the honor of having two readings done by her one was actually before I had her on my podcast and it was such an amazing and in-depth reading so eye-opening that I decided to reach out and ask her like hey do you want to come on and chat with me about all things astrology so that first reading that I had with Julia was an astrological type reading so she read my natal chart which is my birth chart if y'all don't know what a natal chart is it's a birth chart but she read my entire birth chart and she also was able to channel different messages for me so the way that we had our reading was that I got to send her over some questions that I was like hey these are kind of plaguing me I want to know what your thoughts are on these or not your thoughts rather but what divine messages what intuitive messages are you getting and she was able to look at my chart tell me a little bit about myself and some of my challenges and some of the things that can help me throughout this life in terms of knowledge and she was also able to go in and give uh, give me channels and messages that would help me kind of steer me in the right direction when it came to my questions so that was the first reading that I had from her and the second reading that I had the honor of having was when she did a $10 tarot card reading the other day for 2020 predictions and y'all know I had to jump on that because I was like hey like $10 okay let me run you your check real quick okay let me get my reading and that was amazing of course again she's always spot on and with Julia you can totally just like feel her energy and see how committed and how excited she is to give these readings. And she goes deep, you guys. Like after our first meeting, she was able to send me over this whole PDF. She sent me over the recording. Um, and it was such a seamless and really like awesome experience overall from the time I scheduled to the time that I actually had my reading was like, I think I want to say it was like a day or two in between like her, her schedule, her calendar is pretty open and it was amazing. So of course I had to ask her to come on the podcast and that episode was, I can't remember the number, but, um, it has her name in it. It says something, something featuring Julia Kelly. But go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard of her and if you haven't had an introduction to her at all. She is amazing. Like I said, she has her personal account. She also runs a super popular meme account. Like it surpassed 50,000 followers the other day, which congrats to you, Julia. That is awesome. So I had her come on the podcast today because she is speaking at my 2020 Manifest Circle event. And I know that all of you who tune into this podcast are not going to be attending this event 
And so I wanted everyone that wasn't able to attend that event for whatever reason to be able to still get some of the benefits of hearing 2020 astrological messages that are coming through. So at the event, like I said, Julia will be speaking to some of these messages. And by the time you're listening to this, the event will have already happened and there will be a replay available to all attendees. But unfortunately, if you did not attend this event, you won't be able to get your hands on the replay, but I will be having more events in the future, virtual as well as in-person events. So please please, please, please stay tuned for those events and like announcements. Like you do not want to miss this one. This one, like, honestly, it hasn't happened yet, but I already know, like it's going to be late. It is late. I'm speaking that into existence. Cause I, I just know, like I have that feeling, that intuitive knowing that it's going to be amazing. So like I said, Julia is speaking at that event. And she's talking all about 2020, all about what to expect, what is coming, what is happening, astrological importance, like every single thing that you want to know that's happening up in the stars that's going to be affecting us and our energy, okay? Because everybody's always talking about Mercury retrograde, but let me tell you something right now. There's other things that stay happening besides Mercury retrograde, okay? There's other planets and there's other things that happen in the sky that affect us here on Earth. So today in the episode, I sit down with Julia and I ask her all about 2020. So we dive into some of the transits that have already happened as of December 3rd, 2019, what that means for the rest of the year of 2020. We dive into some of the amazing and very, very important astrological happenings that occur in 2020 that have not occurred for the past 20 to 30 years, aka like some stuff that happened before I was even born, y'all, that's happening in 2020 that makes this year really, really huge. Okay, so you do not want to miss out on this. So go ahead and keep on listening. I'm going to go ahead and insert my conversation with Julia here. If you want to learn more about her, learn more about what she does, follow her meme account, all the things, I will have her information listed in the show notes as usual. So you could reach out to her for a reading if you would like one. And I think that's it, you guys. Like I said, have a happy new year. If you're listening to this as we dive into 2020, welcome to 2020. It is nice to see you here, girl, okay? We are blessed to see another year. We are blessed to see another decade. And I am so, so, so excited for everything that this year has to offer. I'm gearing up because I guarantee you this about to be my best year yet, okay? I'm making it my year, and I know you're here because you want to make it your year too. So if you want all the tea, all the astro tea on what is going on, in the stars, in the sky, every single thing that's going to affect your 2020, go ahead and keep on listening to my conversation with Julia. Hello, Julia. How are you? Hi, I'm doing so great today. Yes. How are you doing? Oh, happy Friday. Wait, oh my God. No, it's Saturday. That's how I'm doing. That is just how I'm doing. That sentence just described it right there. Describes the whole holiday season. What day is it even? Yes. What day, what time? Like, what even is time? A construct, but you know. (laughs) We'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah. So I know you've been on the podcast before, and for any of the listeners who have heard your episode, I know they are just as in love with your content and your platform as I am. And we had an amazing chat last time, but for those who have not listened to that particular episode, um, they should go back and listen to it. But if they haven't yet, can you do a little reintroduction of yourself to the audience? Yes, of course. So um, my name is Julia Kelly, and I'm an astrologer. Um, I'm an intuitive Uh, I'm a healer and I'm also a content creator and um, I run the account Your Mom's Horoscope, which is a fun astrology account that blends spirituality with humor to kind of invite people into their own spiritual journey 
um, by digesting the content uh, that I create. And I do astrology readings, and the astrology readings go really in-depth into natal charts and current energy. So I do intuitive readings on top of those readings or in those readings. And yeah, last time I was on here, I talked all about that and how those readings work. So definitely worth listening to that if you're interested in that, uh, understanding that more. Um, but overall, I, I talk anything and everything, spirituality and stars. <laughs> I love it. And yes, as Julia said, if you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back. It is juicy, filled with so much goodness. And we go deeper into Julia's particular story about her spiritual awakening and just some of the stuff that she's gone through in life. And I've actually had a reading done by Julia. Well, two readings now, technically, which have been both so amazing and helpful for me on my journey. But in this episode, I like we just kind of go deep into 2020 because as we all know, we're like about to hit a new year it's about to be a new decade and i am hearing so much talk about the energy of 2020 i've been feeling it myself i know you have as well but before we even dive into the actual year of 2020 i know that on december 26th which is the day of our 2020 manifest circle event which julia will also be at in attendance if you are going to be there um, there's also a new moon on that day and there's a solar eclipse as well. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but can you like just explain the significance of the fact that there's a solar eclipse occurring on that day of the new moon as well? Yes, of course. So, um, so we have gone through eclipse season of this year and as a lot of people may have experienced, it was quite uh, crazy. There was a lot of ups and downs. We had a lot of planets in retrograde. And so this last um, portion of this eclipse season is going to be closed out of this year on December 26th, um, but it, it's not totally over and it does carry into um, 2020, but we will be experiencing, um, yeah, that new moon and, and then also the, the solar eclipse as well. And on that day, it's really about thinking how the energy of this year in January, the energy of this year in July has manifested into our year and really what we're taking with us into the next year. It's kind of a, a chance and opportunity to have like a pre-New Year's and say, what is it that we want to carry into next year? And what have we yet to release? Um, we usually think about full moons as being centered on releasing and we've recently had a full moon for releasing. Um, but this new moon is also going to kind of give us an opportunity to say, okay, what do we want to start fresh with next year? And if we're going to have a fresh start, what do we need to release? And then we will find um, a, a full moon on January 10th next year. And that's going to come sooner than we know. And that's going to be part of this cycle as well between this Cancer and Capricorn energy. And so, as I mentioned, we are closing out 2019, but it's going to carry into next year. And so this new moon that's coming up on December 26th, um, the day of the event, it's just going to be a real good time to sit down, think about how we want our, our own 2020 to look, um, and really do some energetic work around what needs to be let go of in order to start new or in order to bring new energy into uh, the new year. Oh my God, I love that. And like, kudos to me, first of all, for scheduling the events on that day. I, I know, perfect. Know that was happening on that day, but that's so awesome. And you mentioned January and July as you were talking about the eclipse season. So are you sort of saying that what 
things that occurred in January or July of this year are some of the areas where we want to look back in terms of what we should be releasing for 2019? We always have these new moon and full moon cycles and we can experience a eclipse season where the poles are um, between these new moons and these full moons. And so we've had the poles in Capricorn in Cancer and the, the north node has been in Cancer and the south node has been in Capricorn. And so when we think about the energy of the eclipse season, it's really between what we have to release on the full moons and what we're bringing in on the new moons, and then the stuff that happens in between that time. Um, and so when we think about this past year, we're really looking at uh, the, the lunar eclipse that happened in January. Um, we also had a partial solar eclipse in January. Um, and, and thinking about like what we called in in January and then what happened in between January and July. And then we also experienced um, the, the eclipse again at the beginning of July, I believe July 4th, and then into the end of July of this year. And so we can then go back and think about what we were doing in July. And specifically when we're thinking about this, this energy, not only what happened, but what didn't happen. So maybe looking back at some journals uh, from July, looking back at text messages even from July, pictures, anything that's just going to really reignite what was going on in your mind, going on in your emotional state, um, that's going to be a great way to really tap into what happened or what didn't happen so that you can understand what's going to come up next year. When we think about these eclipses and when we think about the, again, times between the full moons and the new moons, um, it's really an opportunity for us to work with things that come up. And so if there was something that came up in July that you didn't deal with or that you didn't have a chance to deal with, it could even be that you met someone new and there was something there, but nothing happened, or there was an opportunity that came up, but then you didn't follow it. Anything like that um, is going to be a great idea to revisit. Um, when it comes to thinking about next year and how we can look back at January and July of this year. As you were talking and you mentioned July 4th, I literally was thinking back because I can't necessarily remember what happened in January as much, but I know in July, I actually ended up leaving a job and starting another. And it's so funny because I ended up leaving that job. Um, and this was something that you brought up in our reading too. This was a job that you mentioned um, something would happen with it or I might leave and I actually did end up leaving that job so mm -hmm. y'all if you need a reading by julia like hit her up <laughs> but it just has me thinking like what is to come and i think i have so many things that are in the works and plans for 2020 that also resonate with this idea that you're saying of like looking back to january and july so i love that and as you were kind of talking you mentioned a bit about capricorn and cancer and i kind of want to zone in on capricorn for a second because i also know that we had i believe jupiter enter capricorn um on december 3rd and so I, I've heard a lot of people talking about the energies that that will change or the, the effect that that will have having Jupiter and Capricorn where it was in Sagittarius for pretty much this entire year of 2019. So can you tell the audience a little bit about what that means to have Jupiter transition into Capricorn and what effect that will have in terms of the energy of 2020, like how that will feel? Yes, totally. And I love that you bring this up. I love how into this you are. Um, oh, it's, this, yes, I, I love it because it's it's, um, this is the subtle stuff, you know, when we think about astrology, we can get so lost in the sun sign, so lost in 
um, even just only looking at the full moons and the new moons. And there's so much um, stuff going on in the outer planets that really can show us insight into into what's coming next, into what's going on on a macro level. And oftentimes the macro ref reflects the micro of our personal lives. Um, and Jupiter is a great example of that. So yeah, so Jupiter spent this year in Sagittarius. And this year was a wildly expansive year because Jupiter rules Sagittarius. So it's, it's been at home in Sagittarius. And um, having Jupiter in Sagittarius this year, it affected every sign differently, but it's very likely that we all experienced um, some kind of monumental growth. And now, for instance, if we think about where Jupiter was for Capricorn signs this year, Jupiter was in Capricorn's 12th house when we, when we think about how we read horoscopes here. So the growth in which Capricorn suns experienced this year was around healing, was around things that are very heavy. Everything dealing with the 12th house can be very heavy. Um, if we think about Jupiter for Sagittarius suns this year, this was a, a huge year of identity, of self. And so just like that for every sign, there's growth, but it all really depends on where Jupiter is in the natal chart. Now, that said, when we're thinking about how Jupiter is moving, has moved into Capricorn now, and how it will be accompanying a lot of other Capricorn energy in 2020, which we can dive into, Jupiter is a very expansive planet. It rules expansion. It rules abundance. Um, it does not like having boundaries. It does not like having uh, any kind of container or constriction. And that's why it does very well in Sagittarius. And that's why this past year, um, we saw that there was a lot of openness around conversation specifically. I loved looking at how spirituality became, and astrology specifically, became such a topic of conversation this year. We saw it everywhere from Starbucks ads to, um, to Spotify playlists. It became so popular. Um, and I, I really attribute Jupiter and Sagittarius and, of course, Neptune and Pisces um, to a lot of that openness of conversation. And when we think about Jupiter not enjoying boundaries, not enjoying uh, confinement, and how it did so well in the Sagittarian energy, and now how it's moving, how it's moved into Capricorn, Capricorn does well with boundaries. Capricorn does well with having some kind of plan. And it does really well with things that have worked, with tradition. Jupiter isn't really about those things. And so when we think about this Jupiter energy in Capricorn, um, there's a lot to really unpack there. And it does kind of trail into what's going on in 2020 with all of these planets in Capricorn. Um, but it's really coming back to tradition and to boundaries. It's asking us this year with Jupiter and Capricorn, how can we really have a, a structured way to grow, to progress? How can we make sure that the growth that we have is going to be sustainable um, and it's going to be built on a foundation? Um, Jupiter doesn't always think about, am I growing in a way that's going to fit the space that I'm going to be in in a few years? Capricorn energy does think that way. And so this year we have a real opportunity to take some of the things that have come up in our lives, uh, that have come up in our aspirations or in our ambitions for 2020, and to really sit down and create a foundation for them to grow in, uh, to really plant a garden rather than just um, one seed.
And that's what Jupiter in Capricorn, and again, a lot of these other planets in Capricorn, really ask us to do is to create or come back to something that is sustainable and, and that is even a little bit traditional in the way that we approach it. Mm. I think that, like everything you just said, is exactly what I've been feeling when I've been kind of like doing my research on Jupiter and Sagittarius and then transitioning to Capricorn. It's almost felt like this year has been a year of exploration. And I know, I think I feel like Sagittarius is known for like travel. And for me personally, I haven't traveled. Well, actually I have done quite a bit of traveling compared to my usual, but it almost feels as if it's been a year of like traveling within your own mind and trying to explore these different avenues. And now it's a time of like, okay, I've had a chance to explore. I've had a chance to see what's out there, what I like, what I don't like, what I kind of want to take to the next level. And now it's like, okay, like game's on, time to plan, like time to put your head in the books and get it together. And that's, that's really what it feels like for me. So your explanation was so awesome. One of the things that I have a question on is whether or not it matters if you have Capricorn in your chart, right? Because looking at my chart personally, I don't believe I have any Capricorn in my chart. And I know that there are people out there who are like, you know, a ton of water in their chart or fire, whatever it is. It's like, how will that affect them? Like, is this Jupiter and Capricorn energy sort of universal across the books, whether or not you are a Capricorn sun or an Aquarius sun, or whether or not your rising sign is air, moon, water, or not moon, <laughs> air, water, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a really good question as well. And, um, I, I, I think that there, well, so there's a few ways to kind of look at this because when we think about the outer planets, right, they are, affecting the the collective energy um so it's not personal it's 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 very collective but again everything that goes on in the collective becomes um, a reflection of what's going on in our personal lives and so every sign is affected by where the planets are in capricorn and um, and how they are affected is going to vary based on the angles the degrees in which um, they are acquainted with this Capricorn energy. So for instance, kind of addressing that first part, if you do not have Capricorn in your chart, um, you will still feel all of this that's going on. Um, you will just feel it in a different area of your life. So for instance, when you, if you do have Capricorn in your chart, um, then your first house of identity of self is going to be affected. And so for anyone who has Capricorn in their chart, specifically thinking of risings and sun signs, um, moon signs as well, um, and then any of the personal planets, so Mercury, Venus, Mars, um, all of those placements are closer to us. And so when we have those in Capricorn right now, they're going to be affiliated with the first house with self. And so these outer planets, these outer transitions are going to take part or take place um, next to this idea of identity, of inner emotions, of these things we associate with the sun, with the rising, with the moon. So for anyone who does have a sun, moon, or rising in Capricorn, um, these outer transitions are just going to feel a lot more close to home. Now, when we think about the other signs and someone who doesn't have any, any Capricorn energy, um, the way in which this energy is going to affect you is just going to be very specific to where Capricorn is in your chart. And so, for instance, um, if we think about looking at the sun signs here, every sun sign uh, right now, so every, every zodiac sign 
is going to be affected by this Capricorn energy in a different house. And when we think about houses in astrology, they're just kind of places in which an energy is held or in which it manifests. And so, for instance, if we kind of jump, jump back to thinking of uh, the Capricorn Sagittarius energy, um, anyone who's a Sagittarius sun right now um, is going to be experiencing this Capricorn energy in their second house. And so the second house in astrology deals with money, um, it deals with grounding energy, it deals with foundational energy, um, it, deals with, uh, it deals with really having material items or living in a material world. And so Sagittarius suns and Sagittarius risings and moons as well um, are going to be dealing a lot with that energy this year. They're going to learn a lot of lessons around the second house. And so everything that's going on out there with the outer planets is going to take place in their personal second house. And it goes like that for every sign in a different house. So if we, if we go back, um, you know, Sagittarius and then back to Scorpio energy, Scorpio is dealing with all this Capricorn energy in their third house. And so this for this energy for them is going to be all about communication, um, neighbors, uh, community and feeling close to home with the words you use, with the language you use, with the information you use. So Scorpios, for instance, this year with all this Capricorn energy, this is going to be a very expansive time for their communication styles, for learning when to speak up, how to speak up, who to speak up to. Um, and, and just like that, it goes through for every sun sign um, how this Capricorn energy affects them. And the last thing I'll say on that is when we do think about how monumental this energy is and i do want to mention that a little bit for anyone who may not know when we talk about this capricorn energy it's it's the fact that we have a large amount of planets and significant planets in capricorn so we're entering 2020 with jupiter in capricorn as we just mentioned with saturn in capricorn which has been there for two years um, and with pluto in capricorn which has been there for quite some time as well and we'll spend um, about three more years there and we also will enter the season of capricorn in the new year with the sun there um, and then with mercury there as well and we're going to experience some conjunctions in capricorn that have not happened in 20 30 years um, this year and or in 2020 and that is going to mark how this capricorn energy is really affecting society um planting seeds in society on a much larger scale and so kind of rounding that back to how this affects us on a personal level if you if you do get a chance to look at your transit chart or to get a transit reading um, you'll be able to see how this collective shift this collective Capricorn energy affects your individual life in some way, and it's usually going to show up in what houses um, it's aspecting. Okay, so I'm not sure if there's a simple way for you to explain the thing with the houses, like how you were just saying um, with Sagittarius and Scorpio, where it, where Capricorn will be. Like, can you explain that a little bit more? Because I feel like I'm understanding it but also not is this something that you would have to get a reading for or is it something that someone can easily see by looking at their natal chart where they're going to be able to experience these energies in a strong way yeah totally and and it can all get kind of um you know there's so many different parts to to astrology and to like reading the different planetary energies in there so it can get kind of confusing um Essentially, when, when what I'm talking about right now with how this Capricorn energy will affect each sign, 
uh, when we think about the housing system and we think about how to write horoscopes or how to predict uh, these transits and, and how they'll affect you, we, we take the housing system and apply the first house to the sun sign. So um, for instance, to kind of go again back to this Capricorn Sagittarius vision here, um, the reason why this year is going to be monumental for Capricorns specifically around identity, around self, is because all of this is happening in their first house. So if you look at a natal chart, there's 12 houses, um, and each house represents something um, specifically. And if you were to start the house system, the first house, at Capricorn, and assume that's where the sun sign is, um, then that's where you would on, that's where you would look at the transit chart for. So for instance, all of the planets in the transit chart are going to be in the first house of Capricorn, meaning that it's associated with their self. Now, if we look at another sign or any other zodiac sign, we just do the same thing and put the housing system with the first house starting at that zodiac sign. So for instance, if we dive over to Taurus and put Taurus um, as the first house of that system, then we're going to count houses over to Capricorn to understand what house that Capricorn energy is sitting in. So Taurus being the first house here, um, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, that's where we're going to get to Capricorn in this, in this uh, vision, if you're following with me here. Um, yeah. And so then the ninth house, for Taurus specifically, is going to be the house that's activated this year for them. That's where the Capricorn energy is. And so the housing systems give us a good way to understand where and how this, this energy manifests on a personal level. And so for all Taurus suns this year, they're going to have their ninth house very activated. So their year is going to be very much related to expansion, growth, education, learning, spiritual education, travel even. Um, and it goes like that just for every every sign, um, if you kind of take it back to the first house for each sign. Does that make sense? Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And literally, I'm such a visual learner that I was like imagining the, the wheel and kind of like trying to look at it that way. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. And I guess another follow-up question for you there would be, okay, if someone's like, all right, I want to kind of like use your method to, to figure out where this Capricorn energy will be really strong for me in 2020, should they be looking at their sun sign, their rising sign, their moon sign, or some other sign specifically for this? Or is it sort of, I mean, I don't know if they could all be relevant because they would probably <laughs> be in a whole bunch of different houses. And at that point, you're going to be like, okay, where, where is, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally recommend if you can get some kind of transit reading by an astrologer, I think that's probably the best way to dive into your own individual charts, just because um, there are so many different parts to it. And when we deal with these monumental shifts that we're, we're really entering in 2020, um, there can be so many little details of it that can explain so much. But is, if, if a detail is misinterpreted, then our perception is warped, right? Um, and so I do definitely recommend that any opportunity to have a reading can be very, very helpful. Um, but to answer your question, every planet matters. Um, every planet matters when we think about astrology. If we look at our sun sign, it's going to show us how our identity is, is, is work, being worked with in a year. If we look at our moon sign, it shows us how our, our emotions show up in a year. And so 
the way in which I just, and, and so on and so forth for each planet, the way in which I just explained um, how to understand what this Capricorn energy is, that's kind of a general way in which you can see how it's affecting your sun sign. But the same is going to be um, applied to each planet in your chart. So if you were to have a, a, a real in-depth reading as in to look at how this energy affects each individual chart, um, we'd look at a, a, a natal transit chart to see, okay, um, so let's say for instance, all this energy is happening in Capricorn, all these planets are in Capricorn, and then in, an, in a transit chart, it's going to show your natal chart and then the current chart. And so you might see there that, okay, these transits are taking place in your ninth house or in your eighth house, but then it's also forming aspects to other planets. So you might see that there's a square that's going to take place between Jupiter and your natal Mars this year for two months. And so that would mean that thinking about this Jupiter energy in Capricorn, and then thinking about your personal natal Mars, that's going to create a very personal obstacle or a very um, personal lesson that's going to show up in your life between the dates that that aspect is present. And so that's where, you know, when we dive deep into astrology, there's a lot of details and it can be kind of intimidating in that way. Um, but I think a good way to, to start with it is to just look at where this Capricorn energy is in uh, in a transit chart and to understand that the houses in which it's it's taking place in the house in which it's taking place in is going to give a lot of insight as to the lessons that needed need to be learned this year um and to the opportunities as well okay that makes a lot of sense i think you offer transit readings correct Yes, and I'm actually about to um, offer something just specifically for 2020 because I've been getting a lot of requests. So um, that should be up in the next week where I'll, I'll have a, a discounted reading just for 2020 transits. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, so if you can shoot me the link to that, I will make sure to put it in the show notes for this episode. So anyone looking for that, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> to find that. So thank you. So as we kind of continue our chat about 2020 and like astrology in general, are there any like really, really significant astrological events happening in 2020 besides, I guess, your mention of a ton of planets being in Capricorn? Is there something else that's going to pop up in 2020 that everyone should really be aware of and kind of keep an eye out for in terms of like what's going to be happening? Yeah, so so this is probably a good time to just kind of dive into what, what we mean when, when I'm saying all this um, Capricorn energy is going to take place. So, so we do have some crazy shifts going on next year, some transits um, that have not happened in um, 20 to 30 years. So we have we have two conjunctions, and a conjunction is the the direct meetup, a zero degree orb of two planets, two or more planets, and we have two of them that have not happened in a long time um, occurring with. Saturn and Jupiter at the end of the year and with Pluto and Saturn at the beginning of the year. So on January 12th, this may be a transit that people have already heard of. It's gotten a lot of um, attention. Uh, on January 12th, we have um, a, a direct conjunction between Pluto, Saturn, and then also Mercury. And on the 13th, the sun as well. And this conjunction has not happened um, in uh, 33 to 38 years. I think the last time it happened was around 1982. Um, and this conjunction essentially represents a time of monumental shift between these planetary energies. And so Pluto 
the ruler of the underworld, the great transformer, um, is going to become come conjunct, directly meeting up with Saturn, which is the planet of wisdom, responsibility, discipline, tradition, and infrastructure. And so when we think about these two planets coming together, um, and they've actually been hanging out together, when we enter 2020, they will be in a wide conjunction. So it's not like it's just one day. It's uh, something that's going on, but it, it goes exact on the 12th. Um, which is when we might actually see something in our physical world happen, shift, occur, where it reflects what this energy is here to do this year. And not only this year, but really this decade. In, on, on January 12th, when this happens, um, we can just think of this as a real societal transit, a real collective transit. Pluto and Saturn, they, they both have the goal of progressing. Um, they both have the goal of doing what's necessary in order to get to the next step or the next place. Um, Pluto deals a lot with clearing out the, the deep, dark, and dirty things that are going on. Um, it's When we think about it being the ruler of the underworld, it's not afraid of darkness. It's not afraid of, of anything that's kind of grimy or, or, uh, or, or negative going on. And, and it's not afraid to come in and destroy or clean up that stuff. And Saturn, in a, a similar way, is also very fearless in the way that it goes after what needs to be done. Saturn puts responsibility before anything else. And so when we think about these two planets coming together, it's really signifying a shift where things are going to change. We are going to see things starting to change on a societal level, on a political level, on a socioeconomical level. Um, and it, the matter in which they change or they transform in is really what we cannot predict. But what, what we definitely will see in 2020 um, astrologically is that there's going to be a shift in perception around how we view infrastructure, how we view power, um, how people relate to um, uh, organizations and, and really relate to authority. This is something that's been kind of going on under the covers for a while, these shifts in the way that we relate to authority, in the way that we set up infrastructure. But next year is likely to be a monumental time in, in how this actually shows up in our, in our lives. Um, we may see things really shift or take form that involve people becoming more present in, um, in power. People as in it, people in society, and a lot of this is, is directed toward um, Western society, but of course it's happening all around the world. Um, we're likely to just see people really taking more of a stand, taking more action, taking more accountability for the systems and the infrastructure in their life. Um, I like to think of this, this connection here, this conjunction between Pluto and Saturn as being a real test of the way that something fits into something else. So the way that ideas um, the way that opportunities, the way that accessibilities fit into an existing structure. Um, if something does not fit into an existing infrastructure or an existing system, Pluto's going to come in and basically destroy that on some level. And so this next year and really opening up into this next decade, as Pluto makes its way through Capricorn and then moves into Aquarius, um, and around the same time where we have Uranus also moving into an air sign, 
this is going to be a time where this next decade really where we're entering a new age of information the way that we ex access information the way that we digest information and then this is the real important part the way that we make information tangible um, we have another conjunction going on at the end of the year um, between Jupiter and Saturn. And that happens on December 21st. Um, Jupiter and Saturn come conjunct at 29 degrees in Aquarius. And this is actually what we call the Great Conjunction. And this hasn't happened um, in 20 years. And even more so, this type of conjunction, this Great Conjunction, has not happened in air signs, so in Aquarius, uh, since 1802, since the 1800s. And so this is why there's so much talk of this 2020 energy, because not only do we have these planets that are meeting up and kind of saying, and, and these outer planets that are meeting up and saying, okay, things have to change, something has to happen. And Saturn is really the focus point here um, because it's involved in both of those conjunctions. And again, Saturn deals with tradition, with discipline, with responsibility, with progress. Um, and so Saturn's kind of the cold-hearted um, progressive when it comes to making things happen, making changes happen without necessarily considering um, if, if everyone's happy. It's more focused on what needs to be done. And so it's likely that next year we're going to see that a lot of things that have needed to be done are going to happen. Um, but again, the way that I'm really looking at this, and is this is also represented by some of um, the other modalities that we use to predict energy, like numerology um, and also Chinese astrology, both numerology for, for 2020 and Chinese astrology, um, the year of the metal rat and, and the year of four year numerology, both of these also show that next year is really about tangibility. Capricorn is also a very tangible sign. It's an earth sign. Um, it's a sign of hard work, of discipline. And when we think about the, the year of uh, four numerology, it's about the four corners, the four elements, the four directions. Um, it's really about foundation. And when we think about the metal rat in Chinese astrology, uh, it also shows grit, hard work, um, being practical in the way that you approach something, um, focusing on the details to get something done. And so next year is really about tangibility. It's about taking these ideas that we have, taking these ideals that we have. Um, last year with Jupiter and Sagittarius, as you mentioned, there was a lot of opportunity in traveling in the mind, thinking about what's possible, thinking about all the different directions we can shoot our arrow. And this year is really about bringing that to life. And it's not only just about last year, but really about a lot that's gone on um, for the past decade. And specifically since 2012, 2012, when, Uran when uh, Neptune entered Pisces and sparked this spiritual age, um, I, I, I've done some channeling on 2020 um, aside from the astrology. And what I really received is that we have been in a spiritual awakening, in a time of spiritual awakening. Um, where we felt the call inside, where everything has come alive inside of us, and it started to spill out in our conversations and the way that we um, access information and the way that we interfere with the things going on around us. But what's coming now, what's coming next in 2020, is that it's about bringing it into the real world. It's about integrating it into our lives. And not only is that thinking about, again, ideas and conversations, but it's really thinking about tangibility, 
building a foundation around these beliefs that we have. Oh my gosh, I resonate so hard <laughs> with what you just said about the the spirituality and it sort of spilling out and now it's time to bring it alive because I feel like that's almost, again, been been where I've been this year with my thoughts. You have all these amazing things that you start to understand about the world and start to understand about energy and you start to understand about how you can truly create or co-create with the universe to, to really bring to life the things that you want and have everything that you want to have in this world. But a lot of the messages that I've seen this year have been about that energy portion of it and not necessarily enough about the action and not necessarily enough about the tangible things that you need to do about the grounded actions that you need to take in order to have that happen. And so for me, I personally felt that shift in myself where it's like, okay, next year, and not even next year, cause it's already started <laughs> this year for me is like, okay, how can I take those ideas from my head and bring them to life? Like what actions can I put into place? What can I do to play my part in this creation process? So I love that that's a really big part of the energy of 2020. And that's also what I've like really been feeling and really been getting at. You know, when you're at the edge of a cliff and it's like, you know, you have to jump and you know, there's so many amazing, okay, maybe it's not a cliff. Cause like, I feel like if you, if you're standing on the edge of the cliff, you're afraid of what's, what's to come. But it's almost like I, it's this, it's this breaking point of, there's no way to stay in this place anymore. It's like the, like we're being pushed to that next stage. We're being pushed to that next step. And there's so much awaiting. But like 2019 is the closing of a chapter. And it feels like a very good closing. It feels like, you know, when you get, you're reading a book and that last page is like so juicy that you're like, ooh, like the next chapter is going to be so good. Like, that's what it feels like. And I'm so glad that you channeled that message too and got that. And so I kind of want to know what is, so we kind of got an idea of like what the vibe of 2020 is, what the astrological predictions are, and what are some of the big things that are happening in 2020. But as we close out this conversation, I kind of want to know what other intuitive messages are you receiving about 2020 and what sort of advice or guidance can you leave our listeners with to let them know how they should, I guess like how they should perceive 2020 and I won't even say how they should act because obviously we all have free will and we're gonna do what we're gonna do but <laughs> any sort of advice that you can get people out there that are like okay it's a new year it's a new decade I'm trying to be great honey like what can I do help me mm -hmm. yes yes and and what you just said about feeling like you're at this place where it's kind of like like it's it's like the cliff is receding it's like it's not a matter of jumping it's a matter of like being ready to dive like yes, it's gonna yeah. happen and yeah. I think that is really what I, I want to share because that that's so on point and I would not be surprised if the people listening right now are feeling that way too like it's like something's coming you can feel it you know it and all you know that it's it's no longer time to sit on the bench um it's been warm up for a long time now there's been a lot of warming up to do um, and the, you know, you're ready to be put into the game. And that's really what this next year brings. And I, I in the channeling that I had for 2020, um, which I'll likely share online. So, so you can stay tuned for that, the full thing. Um, what, what came through as well, which I think is really, really relevant for next year and something that you can kind of take and digest and really sit with and also hopefully remember um, as we go through next year is I had a, a real understanding of 
how next year's energy is going to be dealing with the, the difference between low vibrational reality and high vibrational um, energy bodies. So when we think about our physical world, a lot of our physical world, the world we live in right now, not talking nature, um, but really talking this physical man-made world, it is very low vibrational. And it's so easy to feel detached from our physical world. And this is a lot where this um, energy of spirituality, of the astral body has been awakened. It's all been energy talk, right? It's all kind of above us. Um, and it's not necessarily in us and with us in our physical objects, in our physical reality. And I see next year as being an opportunity to mesh your astral body with your physical body. So it's not just thinking about um, how you're implementing the things that you're talking about, thinking about into your life, which is inevitably going to happen. It's, you know, it's, it's, it could, uh, it's going to be more of a, a step uh, into what's, what's happening rather than a decision to step. It's just going to be taking the step. But it's also thinking about how the little things in your life affect your, your larger picture, affect your larger energy body, how the things you eat the things you um, work with, like the physical things in your environment, everything from your phone to your laptop um, to your car, these physical things hold energy. They hold energy and they make up this spiritual reality that we want to live in. And so next year, I really see this as being a time where we're starting to become aware of the vibrational um, the vibrational reality that we live in and how it's not just above us, but it's literally in every object that we interact with. And I think we're going to see this on a societal level where we're not going to interact with things that have that low vibration anymore. Things are going to be made with heart. We're going to only shop and source things that are made with heart, that are made with integrity, because we're starting to tune into it. We're starting to tap into it and understand that what we hold in our hand affects our energy body, that what we interact with affects our energy body. I think we're likely to see a lot of um, growth and a lot of separation in the way that we interact with our phones and with social media. Um, and I think next year, if you're going to take anything with you, it's to really become aware of how your spiritual body, how your energy body is affected and influenced by your physical reality. What can you do in your physical reality to ground yourself? What can you do to connect with the physicality around you rather than separate yourself from it, right? Um, when we think about this merging of the astral body, of the physical reality, it's, it's not about realizing that something's negative and then running from it and only being on that high vibe. That's not going to be possible anymore. It's trying to merge. And so next year, if you can take your high vibe reality, your high vibe thoughts, and merge them with the things in your life that are low vibe and start to understand how to create that groundedness, how to create a grounded spiritual practice, or um, even just a, a grounded routine, a grounded day-to-day -day routine, um, that's going to be much more necessary than we can even imagine as we start to step into this, um, this integrated reality. Oh my gosh. Oh, girl, you were so <laughs> such good tea right now um one thing okay before i even like answer or say anything to that i want to say that when you first started speaking there was something you said i can't remember but it made me think of a song and i think we talked about this the first time i had my reading where i was like 
I get messages in like songs like I'll get like mm-hmm. random songs will come to me and I like had to look up the lyrics so I was like I don't know what song this is and apparently it's called In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins and <laughs> read the lyrics it was like I can feel it coming in the air tonight oh lord and I've been waiting for this moment all my life <laughs> and literally that's what came to me I don't oh my God, I I love know that. this song so I'm gonna have to like listen to it <laughs> I'm singing and I'm like I can hear what? it and that. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, that's so oh, funny. I just imagine it playing like in the background as we're talking. Oh my gosh. Okay, so yes, literally as you said that, I was like, yes, I have to look it up because I was like, that is screaming at me right now. But I love what you're saying about just sort of the grounded routine. And one thing that I, I even want to add to that is I think that, I mean, like, I feel like it's almost going to be a creating your own routine. Because I think, again, there have been so many messages about what routine should look like like those videos on youtube where it's like you know the 5 a.m wake up routine to be the successful entrepreneur or like the millionaire's routine for success and it's like i mean i get what is happening there but it's also something like you everyone has their own thing like for some people they they don't journal every day but some people do and for some people maybe they go to the gym in the morning and some people prefer to go to the gym at night and i love that you kind of mentioned that you know routine is going to have to be a part of this next up but I think it's also important for people to know that it's like your routine is going to be one that fits you and fits your life and makes you feel good and it's not it doesn't have to look like everyone else's routine I think that's like a really important thing to know because just of like the things that I've been seeing in the messages being pushed about everyone having to have a specific routine in order to be spiritual or in order to be successful or whatever it is totally and I think that's a really great um note to add to this too that like if I were to add anything else to what, what 2020 is about, it is that self-accountability. It's realizing that no one else has the answer for you. It is your own answer. And when we think about um, this, this astral reality, this physical reality, um, you're, you're totally right because that's not something that someone else can tap into. No one else is going to be able to, to understand how your physical reality is affecting your spiritual reality. That is something that is only going to show up in your life. Um, and there may be relatability between people, but I think, I think you're totally on point with um, next year is so much related to self-accountability and taking responsibility and ownership for your life. Capricorn is a very um, self-acclaimed sign. Um, they're very independent in that way and kind of rounding out this Capricorn um, talk or this Capricorn energy and understanding it next year is, is really about owning your own lifestyle, owning your own journey and realizing that the only way that that you're going to get to the next step, to the next place is by taking the step yourself. No one else is going to take that for you. So I think that's a really beautiful um, way to look at that too, that it's it's, your own journey. Yeah. What an amazing way to end the conversation with that piece of advice. And every single thing that you have said in this episode has been so good. Like Girl, you've just opened my eyes to different things. Like I said, I've been doing sort of my research on some of the astrological happenings for 2020, but some of the stuff that you mentioned, I had no idea that this hasn't happened for like 20 or 30 years, which is pretty insane. I mean, that's that's a long time when I, you know, sit down and think about the fact that I'm 25. It's like some of the stuff hasn't happened in my entire life. <laughs> so it's that's kind of really cool to think about and makes me want to, like, it just makes me look forward to the year even more. And I know there are going to be so many amazing things happening. And for me personally, I feel like my life is going to change in such amazing ways. And I know that energy is going to affect a lot of people in amazing ways as well. 
But anywho, Julia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast for the second time. This is <laughs> Yay. the first person who's been on here twice, and that is amazing. Oh, Yay. Yes. I am so honored. <laughs> yes, and I don't think it'll be the last. Something tells me you'll, you'll be back. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much again. And of course, I will link all your info down in the show notes as usual. And for anyone that is looking for that 2020 reading, once it's up, that transit reading that you talked about, I will obviously mm-hmm. like that. And I will be getting in contact with you as well for my own <laughs> personal one. But thank you again for coming on. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. Yay. Thank you so much for having me on. And yes, I do hope I will be back. Okay, my friends, so that is a wrap on season three of Manifest Daily. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode where I chatted all about, why am I talking like this? (laughs) Where I chatted all about 2020 astrology and happenings with Julia Kelly. Like I said, if you would like to get more info on her, on her transit meetings, or just her in general, go ahead and check out the show notes for more information. And again, I want to give my sincerest and most grateful thank you to every single one of you who has tuned in and continues to tune in to Manifest Daily. Season 4 is about to be lady tits, okay, y'all? And I cannot wait to see you there. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing New Year's Eve if you are celebrating tonight and if you're listening to this later i hope you had an amazing new year's eve and i will chat with you guys in the next episode bye thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode if you enjoyed this episode please take a minute to share it with someone you think would enjoy it too and if you feel called please feel free to leave me a review of what you think about this podcast it would make my day and it would help other people discover this podcast people that really need to hear these words So until next time, have an amazing day and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali